Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Claire Venice. And I'm Geoff Lacey. We're surrounded by pumpkins. And feeling a little spooky in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open-air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Geoff Lacey. Welcome to the Peapod. Thank you for joining us. As the Halloween season approaches, we've come to the Rogate Pumpkin Patch, a family-run farm with a magical pumpkin-themed outdoors event. Immersing themselves in all things spooky are farm owners Sophie and Pete Davey, and we also meet some of the core team who work tirelessly every year here, making the props and installations. There are also many activities here on site, as well as a large selection of pumpkins. But beware you don't get hypnotised by the bubble witch. We also bring you the latest local news from the Petersfield Post's John Walker and Susie tries a new wild walk. The P stands for Petersfield. It's a lovely area, lovely people, lovely atmosphere. The Peapod. Hello Claire, how are you? Hi Geoff, I'm good thanks, how are you? Uh, I've felt better. Oh, sorry to hear I'm that. very disappointed in myself this oh, morning. No. You find me on a Saturday morning quite low with what I've done today. Already? Already. What have you done? Well, as you know, we're mid, we're mid-run of Oliver Twist, so I'm walking around like Amos Brearley from Emmerdale mm-hmm. Farm. <laughs> I'm tired, okay? And I go shopping. I use all the supermarkets in the town, try and take best advantage of any offers. And there's a, one of the supermarkets offers vouchers to take off your shopping, okay? And... Um, I've uh, I downloaded seven pounds worth of vouchers uh, yesterday in readiness to use today. Put the three things in the trolley. Got home, realised I'd not scanned my vouchers. Seven pounds, Claire. That would have been a nice bottle of wine. How annoying! You can't go back. Can't go back. Oh. I didn't take a receipt. That's because you're tired, though. I know, it's because but you're tired. I wouldn't have got a paper. If I knew I was going to get it, you know. I don't, don't I berate some... yourself too much, Geoff. Honestly, really. Life's too short. So I might start crowdfunding for £7. Is that all right? <laughs> Hopefully someone, after this evening's last show of Oliver Twist, will buy you a, a nice bottle of wine, or at least a couple of drinks, Geoff. <laughs> yeah. Make up for it. But how are you, Claire? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. I'm actually really excited to be back here at the Rogate Pumpkin Patch because I haven't been here for years. I came here when it first started with my girls when they were little. And it was literally... A pumpkin field, uh, which looked amazing. We'd never been in a huge right. pumpkin field like that before. And, and uh, a couple of little sort of games and things you could do, some go-karts. There was a maze maze and a few little places you can go to get hot chocolate and things like that. Um, but it has grown so much. It's incredible. Great for little ones. Right, yeah, I've never been here. What do you think of it? Yeah, not too bad. Busy. It is. Busy. Yeah. I might have a little wander around, but uh, push for time. So we spent a lot of time here today. But um, so Halloween, is it big in the Venice household? I like Halloween. I don't know if it's well actually no, it was before I lived in America. I do oh, remember yes. getting dressed up. Before we lived in America, we went dressed up and went to parties. But obviously spending some of my teenage years in America, they really go for it at Halloween. And not just necessarily Halloween themed characters. Right. Anything goes. And so going to school, people would get dressed up in anything, which was quite strange. But, you know, I had had some fun with it. So um, I like a bit of Halloween. We've had parties as well for kids since you know since they've been young. Right. We've had parties at home. Just to have a bit of a laugh. And also where we live, 
you can't really trick or treat because we're out but in the middle it, of nowhere. But isn't and... trick or treat and just glorified begging? <laughs> what for sweets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We we've fortunately gone past the Halloween sit. It's not stage for you. Job, it's not it? for me. Um, do you celebrate Halloween? Mm. You celebrate. We mm. celebrated Halloween when the boys were young. They've moved on. They don't. It's great. And where we live, we don't put pumpkins out because no one knows. Comes round our little cul-de-sac. Happy days. But that's a new thing, isn't it? Leaving the pumpkin lit outside your home to indicate that that you're happy to you're okay for yeah. trick or treaters to come. Yes. It used to be when I was little. You just knocked you on just everyone's knock door. On anyone's, yeah, exactly. So now knock, knock and run. A, I think <laughs> you don't have to just turn the light out and <laughs> yeah. hide behind the sofa, Joff. <laughs> yeah, like I did with it, where Mum and Dad used to go out and uh, we'd have the window cleaner and knock on the door and I'd just hide behind the sofa because <laughs> I, I never seemed to get the money back. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like Halloween. I think it's it's good fun. And so fun. if you were to dress up as a character for Halloween, what would be your go-to outfit? Usually, when the kids were little, it was a witch because they were my cats. Now, I don't know. I don't know. But what would you go for? Put a sheet over my head. Yeah, a bit of talc. bit of talc. That's about it. bit of a good ghost. Yeah, that was, that was as good as it got, really. Well done. Well, um, happy Halloween to you, John. <laughs> yeah. And do you like pumpkins, Claire? Do you like a pumpkin yeah, pie? I love a pumpkin pie. I always make a pumpkin pie because, of course, having spent time in America for Thanksgiving, that's what you have. So I, I like a pumpkin pie. But squashes this year are amazing. So good squash soup. Delicious. Have to talk to what? Noni. Maybe she's doing one for her recipe. I never had pumpkin or squash, so I don't think I'm going to like it. Oh, you could roast it as well. It's what really does it taste like? Spices, just warming and autumnal. Well, and it nice. is warming a taste, Claire. <laughs> I don't know how you describe it. it. Depends what you put in it because you could put ginger, make a nice warm pumpkin and ginger soup or squash and ginger soup. You can put some lovely Indian spices on it and roast it, and that's delicious as well. Right. Really yummy. You, um, you, you um, need to try it. You haven't won me over there yet, Claire. Oh, you need to try it. Maybe I had to make some soup for you, John. You bring, bring a pumpkin pie. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> Maybe you could bring me some pumpkin pie <laughs> to a future recording. Sure, Joff, I'll do that. <laughs> well, we would love to hear from you. So if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please call or WhatsApp us on 01730 or you can email team at shineradio.uk. And Shine Radio has just launched a new jingles competition. If you're a student at one of our local secondary schools or if you know someone who is and if you enjoy singing, then your voice could be starring in our new Shine Radio jingle. For more information and details on how to enter, go to shineradio.uk forward slash Jingles Rules. Coming up, we meet some of the participants here at the Pumpkin Patch. But first, here's Joff and John Walker with your weekly news chat. Hello, John. How are you? Fine, Joff. Fine. Just uh, reeling from the happenings in the country this week, but there we go. And what's been your highlight this week? Oh, <laughs> oh Joff. Um, the highlights, well, on a national level, obviously... Sunak has been proved right to, to an extent. Locally, um, my highlight has been hearing about the success of your show. Stop it, John. No, carry on. <laughs> that was it, John. <laughs> uh, so, John, what's caught your eye in Petersfield and the surrounding area? Well, there's been a few things. There's a outbreak rash of traffic lights across the town. <laughs> chaos all over the place. and Chaos. Car chaos. I love that. Um, which is 
about to get worse soon when they close the level crossing at Petersfield for two weeks or thereabouts while they do work on the line from Petersfield to Hazemere, which they're also closing down as well. So we will then have Tilmore Road, which is closed at the moment. Whether that still be closed when this happens, I'm not sure. We'll have the road up to the station road closed at the level crossing and the junction of Frenchman's Road closed or run by traffic lights. So it's <laughs> it does beg the case for a ring road and a park and ride. Yeah, we, we, we've discussed on many occasions the, the pedestrianisation of the high street. Are we thinking pedestrianising the whole of the town? Well, I mean, it's just... I think it's more a case of all these people doing the work they need to do and they're not actually thinking, hang on a minute, should we programme this a bit more sensibly? Um, but there we go. It's pursuit of the mighty pound at Frenchman's Road, isn't it? We're trying to get all the up and opening as quick as possible. British Rail, or whatever they're called now. British British Rail, John? <laughs> Harking back to the 80s? Yeah, well, you're right. Network Rail. <laughs> Well, they do a lot of infrastructure works and um, Tilmore Gardens, I'm not quite like somebody's just done that just to add to the, <laughs> add to the nonsense. But uh, it's going to be an interesting run up to Christmas, I think. All joking aside, whilst all this work is being done, isn't it a potentially a great opportunity to look at the state of the roads in general? If, if you can't get about, close them all and re-tarmac the lot. Yeah, I mean, that, that you'd thought that would have made sense wouldn't it to get all the roads sorted out at once but again you're asking for local authorities and private contractors and national companies actually to sit around a table and talk to each other which is probably not going to happen to be fair too easy too obvious job too easy too obvious <laughs> what else can you do what can you say and moving on i believe you've been having a little wander around the heath Yes, I have, and it was nice to see that the islands that were put in the heath can now be walked to. The water in the heath is slowly disappearing, and I'm not quite sure how that's going to be replaced, to be honest, because the amount of that it's gone down, there's no way we're going to have that sort of rain. And, of course, the heath is fed by overflow water from the uh, ground surrounding it. There's no direct river or stream into it. It just takes the, uh, the drainage from, from the surrounding heath. So it's going to be interesting to see where we are come the spring with the heath. I mean, you might be able to walk to Duck Island and get yourself some eggs, Joff. And anything caught your eye, John? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by the um, traffic speed indicator that they've put up at, on the Durford Road crossroads. They put up traffic speed indicators which are right on the Durford Road junction, so people will, will not have time really to slow down. And they seem to be working very erratically. They have a little, uh, they tell you how fast you're going and you're supposed to slow down. Or in some cases, they don't tell you how fast you're going. In other cases, they just remain blank. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. But you touched on in the Peterville Post this week that uh, it's going to be at least a minimum 18 months before anything is done there. Yeah, I mean, there seems to be, again, issues around the time frame for this, but the, the councillor in charge of it, Nick Adams-King, Hampshire County Council uh, roadsman said definitely 18 months to two years before it can be done. The council seem to be insisting that it will be on the list for next year, and it may well be on the list for next year, but that doesn't mean to say it will get done next year. So they seem to be trying to make a case to the public that it's going to be done very, very quickly. 
And talking of projects going on in the town, the Festival Hall is still ongoing. Any more updates on that? Yeah, it, it, it appears that the town council is looking for a consultant who can help them access grants and money to uh, do the work, which was estimated to be around £13 million. And that was before interest rates went up and so on and so forth, all the other stuff that's gone up uh, that's been happening. So, yeah, it seems that the town council is pretty much still progressing this. And um, at some point in the next couple of years, I expect, I suspect, ten, intend to um, put it to everybody that the, the project should go ahead. There's nothing to say that they will go ahead with it. They'll just say, here's everything, here's all the bits of paper, here's how we can raise the money, what, does, what do you as residents think? But everybody seems to forget to get to this stage. They've spent more than a million pounds already. And I don't know how much a consultant costs to access grants of 13 million and so on and so forth, or to work out how best to raise the money. Probably end up borrowing it, I guess. Um, so it's going to be it's an expensive process, and you'd have thought the way things stand at the moment, the council might be better saying, I'll tell you what, we'll put this all on hold until things settle down a little bit. And anything to finish with, John? No, I, I think some potential good news is there is um, news that um, Annie Jones' restaurant in Lavent Street could be reopening under new ownership. There's been a licensing applic- application put in by a local uh, bar owner or company that a local bar owner is is main director of to uh, yeah sell beers and wines at Annie Jones and I suspect that uh, this indicates that they're going to be reopening it I don't know how soon it all depends on whether they get the license application but I think that'll be good news for the town because it is a good it's a lovely venue it's a nice place and it's a real shame that it had to close great stuff John it's lovely to see you have a great week and I'll see you next weekend have a good one Joff the Pixel Post is out every Wednesday and now costs £1.20. So please get one with your weekly shop or subscribe to the digital version. The Rogate Pumpkin Patch transforms into an enchanted attraction every year and has become a much-anticipated event on the Halloween calendar. This magical pumpkin-themed outdoors event was a brainchild of Sophie and Pete Davy, who own the family-run Slave Farm, home of the Pumpkin Patch and more. And they join us now. Good morning to you both. How are you? Good morning. We're Good morning. Very well. Lovely so, weather. It is a lovely weather. Saturday morning, how's it going? It's going really well, yeah. It's uh, a beautiful day and this is our first proper day. So, um, yeah, really excited. And how long does the event go on for? The event goes on until the Sunday the 30th, just before Halloween. And it's quite a big event now. I I came a number of years ago, quite a few years ago now. But how long have you been running the event here? This will be our eighth year. Yes, yes, it's built. Um, We started... Obviously, eight years ago, uh, selling hot chocolates out of a sort of three-by-three gazebo. Just Pete and I, we, we grew this very small patch. And it just, we realised that uh, families wanted to come and actually see a pumpkin being picked rather than out of a supermarket. And for us, that was really important. And it's just grown, and it's become a real local community event. Did you expect it to grow to quite the size it is now, eight years ago? Uh, well, we obviously hoped it would, yes. um, and it's grown very organically. It's just happened, and um, but you could see that there was a there was a theme coming with these pumpkin patches. Um, we we did it by seeing an article in the paper. We then went to a pumpkin patch, um, not a million miles away from here, about forty miles away, and then came back with the idea that we thought, well, we could probably do that next year, 
So I, I think we we thought American. there was a um, we, we kind of thought there was some, some growth, and there has been a lot of growth in this type of thing in the last ten years. Yeah. I think ten years ago you didn't really see pumpkin patches to the extent that you do now. Now yeah. there there's a lot. There's a lot, and we really welcome that, don't we? As a sort of a UK thing, you know, pumpkin patch, and and it's becoming a sort of a, a, a national thing rather than just areas which we really like so just as, a, as important as Christmas and Easter it's a it's a annual event you know nationwide but it was quite exciting driving up here and seeing all oh, they can see them now actually seeing all the pumpkins in the field bright orange and you know enticing to pick it's very exciting for, for young people as well to come in yeah. and see all that we think so and and, and not only it's an outdoor and um, they're running around they, they have a great day. It's um, Hopefully you won't hear any crying, but you'll hear a lot of screaming and fun and excitement um, all day. And, and it's like that day in, day out for the whole um, yeah. duration of our go, event. The children go home just rosy-cheeked, happy, exhausted. Um, we have evolved over the time. You know, It has changed into a bit more of a really wanted to tap into just children role-playing you know being outside that's our biggest passion you know sharing what we have we have a very big beautiful site that looks out onto the south downs and we just really wanted to share that and so over time as a family we thought what can we produce what can we create um so we pulled in our lovely sister-in-law Kirsty and her family um and she's got a great team and over the course of January from now and we, we we build these amazing sort of props can you say sort of play areas where children just can have an, a magical time and pretend you know they're somewhere in Merlin's Wood or Frankenstein's uh, castle Dracula's estate you know just lots of different areas and uh, it's it's lovely to see that um, children just being children, really, and off screens. That's our biggest thing as well. So you said, um, just after thinking in January, so that's how long it takes to bring all this together, is it? Ten months? Well, I, I think, that, like I suppose any event, the process has to start some time in advance. So um, we have to start thinking about buying our seed, ordering our seed in January, certainly in January, if not maybe December. Um, and then we obviously have to start thinking where we're going to plant them and, um, and how we're going to go about planting them, what we're going to grow. Uh, we start planting seed in uh, the end of May. Uh, so obviously once we planted the seed, we've kind of set our event site up as to where we're going to grow those pumpkins. And it gives us an idea of what we're growing and, and what we're going to be doing. We've got a rough idea now what we're going to be doing. Um, but that's the more sort of agricultural side of it. And then the other side of it is all the uh, imagination and um, to create all the other bits that go with the event. Yeah, that really starts in January you know the creative team sit down um, try and pull we try and um, buy things off uh, Facebook you know recycle little Wendy houses um, we're really passionate about that just not just buying in props um, you know and we have a team who just managed to change a little Wendy, old Wendy house that could be chucked out on a tip into something that's really quite magical. Now you mentioned the pumpkins, obviously you start sowing them at the end of May. How many pumpkins do you grow? <laughs> yeah. Approximately, obviously. So approximately we grow about um, 500,000 pumpkins, but we don't, we'll never harvest 500,000 pumpkins. So about 300,000 pumpkins is what we hope 
to produce on the farm in, in total. But that's not all for the pumpkin patch. So we also supply other pumpkin patches, other events uh, and retailers. And are they all the same variety or do you do a different... different uh, no, a real mix. So we do, um, we do uh, two or three different varieties of your standard orange pumpkin. But then we have all manner of other varieties, novelty pumpkins, white ones, all sorts of party coloured, a lot that you can eat, a lot of squashes that you can buy readily in the shop. So we have a lot of those here at the pumpkin patch for sale as well. Um, so you really just, they just need to ask what they can do with them. Um, yeah, a real range, tiny ones to monsters, all sorts. And how important is it for farms and farmers to diversify? Well, a, a diversification... Um, is important but you can only diversify in something that you can do um it wouldn't be what we're doing now won't be for everybody but there's a huge amount of diversification out there which wouldn't be for us um and again when you diversify quite often you when you diversify it's something that you you start slowly maybe through an interest or a, a passion or something and uh if it appeals to people it evolves into something else i don't think any diversification is something that we say right we're going to do this now because our neighbor's doing it it's just it has to be something that you can do and do, you've got to do it well. Mm. People will expect everything to be done well now. I don't think when you go to an event, you don't expect to be it done by half. You know, I think that's the nature of all of us, really. So um, you've got to do it properly. And it sounds as if everyone pitches in as well. This is a family run farm, isn't it? It has been for a number of years. No, absolutely. So we've been uh, we've been on this farm, my family, since um, 1923. So we're uh, almost hitting that 100 years next year. And um, we're the third generation uh, here. Uh, we've got a generation below us. So hopefully they'll still be here. We don't know. <laughs> but uh, that's our idea. And this is what we're trying to do to um, hopefully maintain that. And what else do you do at the farm? We're quite a mixed farm, So um, which is rarer nowadays but we grow lots of uh, cereal crops um, we grow potatoes we grow sweet corn we grow asparagus um, we've got the pumpkins obviously and we have uh, a lot of animals um, and in fact the animals are what eat anything that is not good enough or fit for sale so any pumpkins that are not good enough or left over at the end of the year there'll always be some left over the cattle will happily eat them they have a very nice Christmas lunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, it's been really great to talk to you both and um, best of luck with the pumpkin patch this season. It looks fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. The P stands for Petersfield. I like going to the open-air swimming pool and shopping. <laughs> the Peapod. This week, Susie tries a new wild walk in Hawkley, suggested by the Ordnance Survey app. We're doing a different walk round Hawkley today. It's a circular. Richard's got a new app on his phone that we started using in Pembrokeshire, which is an ordnance survey thing. It's rather good. We've managed to work it. I'm standing looking out over the lozenge shape of Hawkley Church, much more closer to hand than usual, across a lovely vivid green field. It's Everything has sprung up since the recent rain. I know we are still in drought. Um, it's a bit like the church, isn't it? In life, we are in death. But anyway, in Greenfields, we are still in drought. I just completely love autumn. And, um, and it's rather wonderful. So that's the first report from here. I'll continue around because I don't know what's coming, which is really exciting. But at the moment, we're not ankle deep in mud either. So that's a bonus. Come on then. So basically what we've done is follow the hangar's way 
So you start on the green at Hawkley. You're going away from the pub in essence and then taking a first right into what looks like a small old housing estate but it goes past a garage and that's the way we came. And now we're very much following the hangar's way and I'll let you know if it's different but it, it's really lovely. There's not a soul here. As you can hear, the dog is still rambling and while well, we're rambling, uh, or I'm rambling as usual, and, um, and it's just a joy. One of those days where, you know, you keep going, tramping. Richard's trying to tell me something silently, I don't know what you... Trees turning colour. Oh, trees turning colour, absolutely, that's true. We went down over a sweet bridge, but it's not yet a spring, and just being kept going with the thought of chip. So, uh, on we go. We're at the ford, and of course the dog has gone in. That's going to be deeper than you think. You see, <laughs> idiot dog. Now it's going to be... <laughs> now it's going to be really wet at the pub. You're a silly sausage, and they've put a new bridge in that's rather nice so that you don't have to wade through. <laughs> Come along, go up. Sausage. Oh, it's going to shake. Ah, oh, mistimed. Anyway, I think, do we actually go up that way? Do we go up left or no. stay on the road? Oh, we stay on the road. But that is, I'm sure, the footpath on our left that we've come down once before when we did Nor Hill. Oh, no. So I'm yeah. convinced the ford is there. The part of the ford where rain has just gone, I can see lots of things landing on the surface. So I'm not quite sure whether they're coming up from underneath. They're probably terrified tadpoles or something wrong time of year no we're not going that way we're going straight on so we're going to do a little bit of um road now and there's still an ancient sign saying try your brakes and rich and i were discussing this the other day so answers on a postcard please do you still have to try your brakes if you've been through a ford is that what happens because i can't think i've ever had a moment where i've done that where the brakes haven't worked immediately, so who knows? Disc brakes versus drum brakes. Oh, God. You see, that was technical. Disc brakes versus drum brakes, if you didn't catch it. I'll leave that one with you. Right, and on we go. Well, we finished off at the Hawkley Inn, inevitably. It is the most glorious day. I'm really actually over hot. And we're sitting down, it's as if we're on holiday still. The garden's already packed. We've got a long wait for food. And that's fine then. We'll just chill in the garden with everyone else. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Many volunteers come here every year to bring the pumpkin pack to life with props and installations, games and play areas. This highly talented creative team conjures up new magic and wizardry in a sustainable and authentic way. And of course there are knowledgeable pumpkin sellers and wheelbarrow warriors to help you on your pumpkin quest. Let's meet some now. Please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Hi, I'm Kirsty and I'm part of the creative team. Hi, I'm Lisa and I'm part of the event team. 
Hi, I'm Lisa's sister, Cindy, and I'm also part of the event team. Hi, I'm Lottie, and I'm part of the support team. And hi, I'm Sophie, I'm part of the creative team. <laughs> now, we mentioned earlier when we spoke to Sophie and Pete, it's a family affair here, isn't it? You're all part of one big family, literally. Literally, I am. I, I'm uh, Pete and Sophie's sister-in-law. I'm married to Pete's older brother. And... and I started seven years ago with Sophie as a friend and then I brought my sister in and my niece in. That's brilliant. Hesse, <laughs> you run the creative side of things here. Now, that's quite a thing to put on every single year. How long does it take you to start creating and then also putting up the installations here? Well, I suppose we probably start straight after we've finished <laughs> the event and then that takes us through the whole year. Um, mainly from January, we start buying... Um, Lots of uh, recycled, second hand, yeah, yeah second hand. Uh, lots of props to recycle into something that we can make uh, for the patch for the children to have fun in, uh, to use their imagination, um, and to run freely and safely. And what have we got? What have we got here this year? This year we've got Merlin's wood. Um, uh, we made Merlin's wood last year. During lockdown we bought lots of uh, old Wendy houses and playhouses. And my lovely dad, who is 79 but has been part of this for the last three years, helped me to rebuild them, paint them. We added lots of kitchens and things around Merlin's wood, like maypoles and wishing wells and things for the kids to play in. Um, so we still have Merlin's wood this year, but we have added more. Um, and in fact Merlin has his own house this year which is a little bit like an apothecary with lots of different potions that you can ingredients that you can put into a cauldron and mix up and make your magic spell with um, we've also extended Drax castle so Dracula has his own estate he has a castle and he now has a tunnel with a dungeon uh, where you can chain yourself up next to a blackbeard skeleton and have your photo taken um, this year we've also added some massive spider nests which are nestled in an oak tree at the bottom of the field which have been fun to make and our big thing this year is our pumpkin garden which is in the main marquee and this is mainly for toddlers and babies there's lots of lovely benches we've made a pumpkin nest um, and an autumn nest and a pumpkin crib um, and also a swing seat which is made into a pumpkin wow <laughs> I mean, it must be fun to come up with all these ideas and then put them into actual reality. Uh, that's the, the main thing for me, is the fun, the fun in, in designing them, making them, but also I have an amazing sport team, and this year particularly I have Sophie, who's here, and um, Lindsay, and the three of us have worked together really to produce all these wonderful things for the children to play with. Um, I couldn't do it without them, but it's lovely to work together. Now the events team... This okay. is obviously the first weekend and it's going on for another couple of weeks, isn't it? When do you start working here and what, what are your roles? So we started in January. Um, we got the spreadsheets out. So whereas Kirsty, Sophie and Lindsay are the creative team, we're definitely more spreadsheets. Um, so we started planning from the, uh, the staff who want to join us and work again year after year, looking at the catering team, looking at the creative side, looking at where, how we're going to promote the event, looking at what pumpkins we're going to sell, uh, looking at the PR and 
and um, the face painters and who's going to support us on this great event. So starting in January and then working all the way through as it approaches the event, obviously it gets busier and busier, but yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of work, but a lot of fun as well. So what's, what's your highlight of the two weeks? So for me, it's all about the children. Um, it's about um, seeing them coming through the entrance and just literally running and freely um, and just having the space to play and um, have free play and be creative with their thinking and their imagination through all the creative stuff that Kirsty and her team have designed. So for me, it's seeing the children's faces. Um, that's the highlight for me. How long would a normal visit by a family last? Would it be all day or is it a couple of hours? Well, yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, it does vary and sometimes it's occasionally weather dependent, although we do say you need to wear wellies if it's going to be wet and you need your anorak so um, we are a, obviously a working farm so it's important to be dressed um, dressed for the occasion but yes we have families that turn up on their 10 o'clock slot and they're here till four o'clock in the afternoon um, they take advantage of everything on offer and there's so much to see and do particularly walking through the pumpkin patch that's so much fun for the children getting their little wheelbarrows and picking up their pumpkins and I think it's just an opportunity to create some really magical memories where they come back year on year and sort of uh, remind us that they were here last year, tell us how much fun they had and that they'll be back next year. And we think that that's really special. It that becomes got... a family tradition, yeah. definitely, for, pe for lots of families. So for families, Halloween starts this weekend yeah Sophie we've heard a lot about your signage tell us more uh, yeah well I'm responsible for all most of the signs on the patch um, they're all hand-painted made from trees from the farm um, and we research a lot depending on what we're making the signs for so we choose beautiful fonts and different colors and we find that those are used a lot for um, the Instagram photographs we find, oh, yeah. of course so are you yeah. a designer by, by, by trade? No, I'm just creative. <laughs> <laughs> How many signs do you have to make? Oh my goodness, how many do you think we've made? I think... Um, 60. 60? Yeah. yeah, and we've made lots throughout the, throughout the whole site. And how long does it take you to bring together 60 signs? Um, well, we've done them over the last couple of years. We've really, it's been a big push on all the signage um, for the last couple of years. But again, we've started thinking about it early in the year. But I'd say from September, really, we've been working full time doing the signs. Yeah. Wow. They look impressive. Thank you. They look impressive. <laughs> it's great. Do you get to keep them? Do you keep them every year and then recycle yes, them? Yes, we for recycle the or update or, you know, we want things to be refreshed and look different every year but some of them yeah will stay. Now Lottie you must be one of the youngest volunteers here how old are you? Uh, I'm 12 years old. 12 and how long have you helped out here? Uh, I've been working here for two years. Okay what keeps bringing you back? Uh, I enjoy seeing people's faces and um, meeting new people and it's fun being outside. Do you, do you get a little sneak peek as well before it opens up? Yeah. <laughs> And do you all like pumpkins to yes. eat? We oh, yes. love them. Love them. Yeah. I roasted a crown prince last night, <laughs> sprinkled Ooh, it with some rasanut, <laughs> and it was delicious. <laughs> 
Well, Cindy, if you can give us the recipe for that, that would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's been really great talking to you all and finding out more about what goes on behind the scenes here at the Pumpkin Thank Patch. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? Tickets are available for the Rogate Pumpkin Patch, taking place from October the 15th until the 30th. This family-run pumpkin palm and magical pumpkin-themed outdoors event involves lots of fun activities for all the family. To book and for details, go to rogatepumpkinpatch.com. And if you're looking for more spooky events, Sky Park Farm is hosting a monster school over the half-term school holiday from October the 26th until the 28th. Monster school costs £10 per child with tickets bookable on Sky Park Farm's website. Butts at Ancient Farm are organising a special illustrated 50th anniversary birthday talk in Berriton Village Hall on Wednesday the 19th of October. The talk, titled Past, Present and Future, is free and takes place from 7.30 until 9pm. Griff Reese jones presents his comedy show Work in Progress at the Phoenix Theatre and Arts Centre in Borden on Thursday the 20th of October from 8 until 10pm. Tickets cost £14 per person and more details can be found on the theatre's website. And if you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. Available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's a new episode of The Drinking Programme to now listen to. This month it's Sober October, as Phil and Mags discuss good drinking habits and visit a Portsmouth distillery. You can listen to The Drinking Programme and more at shineradio.uk, bringing you also a brighter mix of great music, local news and information. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. Claire and I have now decided to take a little walk along this huge pumpkin patch at Slade Farm. Uh, Lots of stalls, lots of kids running about, really happy. Claire, what are your thoughts so far? looks great fun. I wish I was about six. (laughs) We stood by what looks like a giant cobweb. People are getting tangled up inside of it. There are quite a lot of spooky dead sunflowers to our right. They really look quite eerie. I think I might be a bit scared if I was six, actually. There's got to be over 5,000 sunflowers there, would you say? And uh, they're all dead. They're all drooping. As I say, if they were about five foot higher, I would be truly scared. So, Claire... Describe the scene. What can you see? So right in front of us are a couple of huge pumpkin tents. I think you can get inside of them. Maybe that's where the food is. A slide, there's a maize field. Something else going on down there. More food and coffee. Pumpkins everywhere. Lots of kids having a great time. Yeah, and you can either go to which way? The Haunted Highway, the Boo Boulevard, the Nightmare Alley and Spooky Street. Claire, which one do you fancy going down? I quite like Boo Boulevard. <laughs> you? I think we're heading down to Boo Boulevard. So, Claire, as we wander along, we're seeing lots and lots of pumpkins. Have you ever seen a white pumpkin that we're looking at now? I don't think I have. Quite strange looking. They're a bit anemic, aren't they, really? But um, not as good as the traditional orange for me, Joff. No, it's um, yeah, quite off-putting, I think, really. Maybe you could paint them. That's What, well, orange? Any colour. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just buy an orange one? Yeah. <laughs> We've entered into the pumpkin patch, which is quite an incredible area, and we've met up with a family who are picking pumpkins as we speak. Hi, can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, yes, I'm Richard from Liphook. And And who are you here with? With my youngest daughter, Lily, who's two, my oldest daughter, Cressida, who is four, and my wife, Emma, who is nine months pregnant. Yes, I was going to say, with number three. (laughs) And 
What brings you to this pumpkin patch? Uh, well, it's nice and local and it's got lots of activities for the children and it's got lots of pumpkins, which uh, Cressida currently loves. So, yeah. Is this your first visit here? It is our first visit here, yeah. And it's been great, actually, so we're very impressed. And you've got a pumpkin already in your wheelbarrow, along with one of your daughters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Have they chosen that themselves? They've chosen that and pulled it out of the ground themselves, so yes. Oh, brilliant. Have you enjoyed yourself here? Yes. <laughs> What's the best bit about being here? The castle bit. The castle bit? Did you go in the castle? Yeah, all the castles. <gasps> That's amazing. It's quite an incredible spot here, isn't it? So many activities, so it's great. No, it's brilliant. Lovely. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Enjoy your time here. Thank you. Thanks. And further into the pumpkin patch we've gone and we've met with a lovely family. Can you introduce yourselves, please? Hi there, I'm Scott. Hi there, I'm Lily. Summer. Summer. And, and what's Sophie. your name? Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Hi, girls. Are you enjoying it here? Yeah. yeah. And you're picking pumpkins, I can see, in your wheelbarrows. How many pumpkins are you going to get? Seven. What are you going to do with your pumpkins? We're going to paint them for this Halloween. Have you been here before? Yes. Yes. So you've come back again to pick more pumpkins. Have you enjoyed yourself, Summer? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're having a great time. Thank you very much for talking to us. Enjoy your pumpkins. Thank you. So, Claire, we're coming to the end of our wander around the pumpkin patch. What's been your highlight, Claire? Just taking a photo of you, Joff, with your head through a love pumpkin sign. <laughs> highlight, I think, talking to the people how excited they are to be here. It's, um, yeah, it's a lovely day, actually. It's been a bit rainy, but now it's cleared up and um, it's good to be outdoors, isn't it? Certainly is, Claire. There's actually a queue to get in now, about 30, 40 deep. And uh, I think they're in for a fantastic day. And that's it for this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to Sophie and Pete Davey and all the team at the Rogate Pumpkin Patch, John Walker and Susie Wilde, as well as to our producer, M. Sefton-Smith and the Shine Radio team. So from Claire and I this week, bye! bye. When you listen to Petersfield's Shine Radio, the children of Sheet Primary School will keep you on time. It's 16 minutes to 7. It's quarter past 5. Through the day, every day, their young voices keep Petersfield running like clockwork. It's 27 minutes to 12. It's half past 6. Shine Time is sponsored by Pickets and Purses for the timeless beauty of new and vintage jewellery in Petersfield. It's 29 minutes to 3. Shine Time, only from Petersfield's Shine Radio.